Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Big DK Energy Podcast. My name is Danny K, or the DK and the Big DK Energy. And so, hailing all the way from California, today's guest has been a speech-language pathologist for 20-plus years, but really within the past two years, she has become somewhat of an internet personality. To list off her very wide array of titles, we have the Chief Engagement Officer of Voice Your Vibe and the co-host of What's Good Wednesday and Shoutout Saturdays. She is an entrepreneur being the co-founder of the analytics company Peekaboo. She's a keynote speaker, author, and according to her IMDB, an active producer and assistant director. And the subject she's going to teach us on today is being unapologetic in sharing your message. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming today's guest, Miss Nancy Deborah Barrows. Thank you. Thank you. What an intro. It's funny to hear that and think, oh, that's me. Yeah, that is definitely all you. I was, uh, I was surprised I could even fit that into an intro. <laughs> The, the fun part is there's even more. It's the great part of deciding you're not going to grow up or you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. That's totally fine. I mean, I was talking with my dad and he says, Danny, I'm over 50 or and almost actually almost 60 and I still don't know what I want to do. So, you know, no pressure there. None <laughs> well, it whatsoever. Keeps, it keeps you open to whatever's going to show up. Got it. So I guess uh, to start things off, the thing that you've been pretty consistent with, I think you're even still doing it to this day, is uh, being a speech language pathologist. Is that correct? I still do that. Yes. I have worked for the public school system for all of my career in some capacity, and I maintain a private practice here in Los Angeles. So Awesome. And I find that super ironic that the work that you've been doing for these past few years or the most consistent work has to do with getting people to be better communicators. And you're all about people communicating their messages. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. And I didn't see it coming. It took me sort of being where I am to look back and be like, wow, I've always been working in some capacity to give people their voice, right? And getting them comfortable with using their voice. So did you ever see yourself from going to like a medical field, like speech language pathology to, you know, something media based like I don't know, being a chief engagement officer for a company that does outreach so that people can become like fanatical about a company? Never. And I say that all the time. And it's so important because it's great to have visions for ourselves, but remaining open to what shows up. I could never have imagined this for myself. And yet I have found a place where my passion has been ignited. My path has been illuminated and my purpose and my soul are being nourished every day. Wow, that sounds so fulfilling. And I guess one weird question is, what is your definition of fulfillment? It's a good question, because part of the fulfillment also is there's still pressure. There's still, you know, feeling like I'm not getting enough done. They're still feeling all the things that everybody else feels. So um, if I'm defining fulfilled, I think it is being in a place where I can do what fills me up. And it's something that allows others to be filled as well. Okay, so voicing your vibe, how does that bring you fulfillment, for example? So Voice Your Vibe is really all about community and shining the light on other people. So the two shows we have, What's Good Wednesday and Shout Out Saturday, people will ask me, what are they about? And the answer is you. And that's to whomever I'm talking about. The You, the show is you. Because we take all of our guests from the comments. We put the green room link in the show post. Anyone can join us live. And what we want to do is find out about you, shine the spotlight on you, support whatever you're doing, support you if you're feeling down. And we just add a lot of fun to it. We dance, we have a lip sync battle, we, you know, we have a bunch of things that we do to make sure that we can have fun. And we have this incredible space that's maintained by the Positive Vibe Tribe. And once you, nice. you are a part of the tribe, 
you are family mishpacha for life. <laughs> and this is a fam. This is a family that shows up for each other. Like they, in good times and bad, they are there for one another, and it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. Wow, I love that, and I love the fact that, as everybody knows about social media, it can get kind of hectic. Originally, what social media, or at least its intention, was to create a sense of community. So I'm glad that people like you are bringing it back because it seems like social media has kind of trailed off its initial goals, if you will. Yeah, and for me, it's all about making people feel seen, heard, loved, and valued, and building that community. And you know, the beautiful thing about having started the Radiating Real movement is I get to just show up however I am. The only thing curated about my content is what you see is what you get. And you are definitely going to get the ugly, snotty, unsexy side of living life and being human. Because if I show up as if everything is always perfect, and you know, my face is fully done, my hair is fully done, and I don't make a mistake when I speak because I'm so polished. The reality is that I'm a mess of a human. We all are. You know, <laughs> I have my up days and my down days. And if I don't share that with people, then I am not allowing them to, to be them and be present and radiate real. I love that. Like I keep bringing it back to before, um, just the whole thing about social media. It seems like being real is, in, is a little lacking nowadays. And so I have a question. When did your want of wanting to create communities come from? I think just always. I've always loved that um, being a part of something. My family was very much about having people over and gathering or going to other people's places where there were, you know, people that you that you got to connect with and interact with and helped one another. And so I think from, from a very young age, that was always important to me. I have lost community in my life. So when I went How through so? my divorce. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, don't be sorry. When I went through my divorce, friends that I had for 12, 15 years, friends that had been, quote unquote, my friends first, they were people I had worked with over time. And, you know, my divorce, because I couldn't show up the way I used to, and I was radiating real, and I was messy and snotty and unsexy, it was too much. And they wanted me to be the me I was before. Mm. And I wasn't. And so they all left totally, totally disappeared. And I went through the process alone. I had family to support me, but the people that I thought really would be there just sort of tossed me aside like I was food that had spoiled, like that I had no value. And so having lost that community, I actually decided at one point, like, I don't want community or friends. I'm not going to enter into that. You know, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I have a couple of like really close friends that have been lifelong friends. And that's, that's enough. That's all I need. And when I did come on LinkedIn, what about gosh, not even two and a half years ago, I didn't know that I found that community that I didn't know I needed. Hmm. I had decided I didn't need that. And I came onto LinkedIn and realized, no, actually, this is where you thrive. This is where most humans thrive. Yeah. I mean, well, one, sorry about your friends or quote unquote friends that they don't seem like they were cool people anyway. But, um, you know, this question that just popped up in my brain, which was, did losing your community kind of help you learn how to make ones better? I think so. And I think it really forced me to be with me and experience and look at my story in a ways that I hadn't before of, you know, well, how did I get here and discovered that being me is a skill. Like I just always took for granted, right, that this is just me, but it's not. It's it's not intuitive, intuitive to everyone to smile at people when they walk by and, you know, ask them about themselves and 
follow up when you hear something's going on or just be there, show up, be able to be with them in the yuck, be able to celebrate truly with an open heart. That's actually, those are skills. And that's what I put together for the chick with the tool belt. And it took me a long time. Like I said, I didn't realize those were skills. I always just said, well, that's just me. And I started talking to people and they said, no, actually you're an amazing community gatherer. I'm known as the queen of engagement on LinkedIn. That's a pretty sick title. Yeah, because of how I engaged with people. I mean, I came into LinkedIn knowing nothing. I had a job. I was that person. I had a job. I had a profile, but I quote unquote didn't need LinkedIn. I was employed and not looking. And 10 months later, I was named one of the top 50 most impactful people. I just realized that's one of the things I left out in the intro. As soon as I said the intro, I'm like, yeah, she sounds pretty sick. I'm like, I left one of the most important things out. And that was it. (laughs) That's fine. I I appreciate all the things that I've accomplished. I'm so appreciative and grateful for all of it and proud of it. But behind all that I'm I'm still me and that's what I tell people because I've had people like sort of reach out and they're like I know you maybe you don't have time for someone like me and guilty right I'm sorry you're human I'm human I have time for a human like that's it so sometimes the titles can be really intimidating to people but I am proud of that one because that's when I consider a Cinderella story I came onto LinkedIn without knowing anything. I didn't know what you were supposed to do, what you were not supposed to do. What what algorithm? What algorithm? I really knew nothing. And a week after being on LinkedIn, I was asked to be live um, for a mental health telethon. Hmm. And it was it was a get real kind of thing. And we were having a conversation. There's several of us on during one segment, and we were talking about trauma and recovery and healing and the need for authenticity. And I found myself talking about my childhood trauma, my childhood trauma, my childhood trauma. And literally mid-sentence, it hit me. And in my head, I'm like, Nancy, you're part of the problem. If you can't say the words, how can you expect anyone else to talk about it? And without even considering what the bigger impact would be, I shared my story live. And granted, the nearly 1 billion people that are on LinkedIn weren't all listening, but I shared my story. I shared my story of having been sexually abused by my grandfather till I was 16 years old, that it came out because of a mandated disclosure. Somebody had to report and then the legal part that happened. I shared about having been anorexic for years and struggling with food and body image and control and hating the body that betrayed me, that I had my first major depressive episode at 20 years old after I confronted my grandfather. And I still struggle with depression at 50 years old. It's still something that's present in my life. Whereas if you would have asked me earlier in my 20s, I would have told you I was broken beyond repair. And I would have thought I always identified as someone who had experienced childhood sexual abuse, who had an eating disorder. And it didn't occur to me that it would ever be a point in my life where those things, until I started talking about them again on LinkedIn, were not front of mind. And I almost would forget that they were true. Now, not without hard work and ugly days, that ugly, snotty, unsexy stuff is real. Um, but I, I started talking about this and the reaction I got was just so overwhelmingly positive and grateful that I was being authentic. And it made me realize this must not like people, this must not happen very often, right? Cause people are reacting to this as we need this, this, right. You're like, shaking your head. I see. And so I decided, no, okay. I'm just going to keep talking about it. I'm not here for a job. I have nothing to sell. So I'm just going to keep talking about it. And that's what happened. And that, along with being the queen of engagement, really wanting to get to know people and taking the time and showing up at people's shows, showing up on people's shows, doing the shows that I was doing, landed me on that list. And the most important thing about that 
quote unquote achievement or title is that it could be anyone. That's attainable for any of us. I hadn't been on the platform very long. I hadn't made a whole lot of connections, but I had been impacting people by showing up and being me and just radiating real. That was a lot. <laughs> I will say that was a lot. four different questions, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I hope you know that's very brave of you to share such a story because it takes a lot to mention, especially your darker past, especially since not that I'm the guy to validate you, but you know, it wasn't your fault. And so the fact that you were able to share it. And I'm just glad it got a lot of positive reviews because I just feel like some people could have tampered with that and then could have made the message completely out of whack. But that's so impactful, especially on LinkedIn, where authenticity is starting to become more acceptable, if that makes sense. Because how I used to see LinkedIn is that it was a platform where it was that ideal platform for social media. You only talk about your accomplishments so that you can, you know, flex to the other, you know, big wigs in the professional world. But people like you have turned it into an actual social media platform in which people can kind of discuss like philosophies that go into work or like how to show up for yourself, you know, despite dark times happening in your life, which can lead to people having success. I mean, clearly it's granted you success in uh, many different ways, probably ways that you didn't even think of at first. Absolutely. And thank you. Um, thank you for reminding me. It's not my my fault. It wasn't anything I did because in saying that also you're reminding anyone who's listening, the same is true for them. The little secret I can let everyone in on is I wasn't brave until after. I was scared and did it anyway. And I did it because I could. I did it for all the people who can't yet tell their story, for all the people who may never be able to tell their story. And that made me brave, made me braver. But really, that came after, after it was well received. I am so grateful. You know, one of the things I did worry about is like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to come at me? I work in Los Angeles in the public schools. You know, people have ideas about people who have been abused who choose to work with children. It's a horrible and, stigma, honestly. Yeah. And so there's that and shame, stigma, and gosh, shame for is one of the main reasons people do not disclose. Fear of how it will be received is another. And so the more I do it and the more people that I potentially impact that find my content or hear me speak when they need it, I mean, what a privilege that is. What a, what a gift to be given that my voice, my story could positively impact someone else's life. It still blows my mind because it's my story. I've lived it. So to me, it's unremarkable, right? It, it's just what it, I've always known. It's just so mundane that you don't even begin to think that, hey, there might be something here that someone might actually be interested in. Exactly. And, and look and look where it's led to. Now you're now you're the co-host of two shows and your entire, you know, your entire personality is all about people saying, you know, the thing that's trapped inside of them, you know, just letting it all out. And um, go ahead, you were saying? No, I was going to say, who knew that it was going to lead to me being able to be me and take off the mask and ta-da, that be it. You know, like, honestly, everything that has come since then, every keynote, every guest is a, you know, show I've been on. Oh my gosh, I have a collaborative book series that's publishing March 24th. None of it would be happening had I not shown up and be radiating real and be me. I had nothing to sell. Like I said, I didn't know being me was a skill, but people were sold on me. Wow, that's, excuse me, that was my heartburn acting up. But then also I'm also moved. <laughs> <laughs> Just being you as a job. Hmm. You know, it's funny because a lot of parents would tell us, you know, you can't do that when you're older. Where, well, you're the personification of it right now. I mean, 
look at your backdrop. That's the brand that uh <laughs> those of you watching on YouTube or <laughs> uh YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Spotify. yeah, everywhere. So there's, um there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and so uh voice your vibe. So you're the chief engagement officer, but you're also one of the co-hosts of their shows. And so you co-host with this guy, uh Brian. How did you two meet exactly? Like how did you get involved with this show? <laughs> This is actually a fantastic story. And for those of you who are afraid to reach out to someone who might be intimidating, feel free to use this tact. So I had crossed paths with Brian Shulman a couple of times being live on Gabe Leal's show and some of some of the people that were in the same community. And there was one day he was on with Reggie Waterman and my dear, dear friend, Raquel Boris, who was my college roommate, and they were talking and I can't remember why I couldn't fully tune in, but I was sort of going back and forth. And at one point I heard something about somebody had asked Raquel on a date. And so I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> and so I went on LinkedIn and I first person I found was Brian Shulman. And I sent him a message. I said, so what are your intentions with my best friend? The response message was, I'm married. <laughs> oh, that was Reggie who asked her out. I had that moment of being mortified. It was the other guy on the show and it asked her out. And so I had that moment of being mortified, but it was a very human moment. And it gave me an opportunity to say like, okay, you know, dive in. I've already exposed myself here, right? Feeling vulnerable. And we, I made a Calendly appointment with him through his and hopped on and said like, hey, me, you know, hey, guess the girl who told you. Um, and just started talking and really asked him about him. And by the time I did that, I realized, like, I had looked at his profile more carefully and realized, like, he's known as the godfather of LinkedIn. He's been on LinkedIn every day for, like, 20 plus years. That would have been a person that when I started this, I would have been like, I, he's out of my league. But what I realized as I continue to meet more and more people is we're all human. We're all out there living life. That's what connects us. No one's out of our league. No one is more important or better. And if people, quote unquote, don't have time for you, then those are not the type of people that are going to bring value to your life if they don't see the value of adding a good human to their world. So that's how that started. And then with the shows, I went on the show once with Raquel and then, and I really loved it. It was during the pandemic and I live alone with two cats. So I had reached the point of having like long philosophical like conversations with my cats alone. What are your cats' so, names? Oh, I've got Kachimimi and Maokat, but they are also known as a lot of other things. They're also known as, because on the shows, Kachimimi, the little gray one, she's very social. So when she's awake, she comes in and out of the frame, her tail's <laughs> under my nose, she steps on the keyboard. Um, so she's little gray cat, and she's also been nominated for a producer award, actually. Really? <laughs> yes, she has. Wow, I've heard of dogs. She can kick me out of the green room, she can comment, she, she knows how to do it all. I've heard of a dog as a mayor, but a cat winning a producer award, that's something new. I'll have to keep you posted, but she's in the running from what I hear. Um, Please do. And, yeah, I will. And so she, I went on the show, and I was so new to LinkedIn that I could not figure out how to find the show on LinkedIn. <laughs> so I would just stay in the green room watching the show from behind. And I did that week after week. And we joke, but it's the truth. Brian Shulman and Tim Sun will tell you that I was the girl who just showed up 
and wouldn't go away. And so since I was sitting there, I'm like, how can I help? I started writing down everybody's names in the comments. I was engaging with everybody in the comments and I would connect with them afterwards and, you know, send a personalized message. I was time stamping guests. And so as I, as I, it's always good to be useful, right? That's good to be useful. And slowly but surely the game between Tim, who was the producer at one point, who now has his own show was I'd be in the background doing my thing head down and they would put me on screen. Brian Shulman would put me on screen and I had no idea I was on screen. <laughs> and that was what went on for a while as a joke. And then I was knowingly brought on screen and slowly but surely I was just there doing my thing, being a part of this amazing growing community. And because I showed up and I was me, I created a relationship with Brian Shulman or now business partners. And I had the opportunity to become a co-host. For, I mean, the two shows together have more than 500 episodes. They are global award-winning. Yes, thank you. I, it's something to be really proud of because if you know doing a show, if anyone knows doing a show, it's a lot of work. I'm working on it's 60 good. right now, but in hearing you doing 500, I'm thinking, oh boy, I got a long way to go. <laughs> well, what I will tell you is we take breaks when we need them and our community is really energizes us and will step up. So that's huge. But yeah, I got to be a part of something that's so special, especially because like I said, we're not selling you anything we're not even really educating you we're saying come be you have a good time if something's on your mind let us support you if something is going well and you're achieving let us celebrate you so to be a part of that is amazing and it was just because not just it was because i showed up wouldn't go away and i was being me showing up and not going away sometimes it works yeah. and sometimes it gets you uh kicked off or, or trespassing thing but I was gonna say, sometimes it gets you a restraining order <laughs> yeah exactly well it's a good thing that the that the latter did not happen so just a kind of a side question before you went on to these two shows did you have any uh experience on camera prior so prior to linkedin nothing formally no but i am a speech language pathologist, I, I've been blessed with being really comfortable being in front of the camera because I know how many people struggle with that, whether it be video or live. I know it's, it's really uncomfortable for people. It is. That's, I get it. So I've been really blessed by being comfortable in front of the camera. But when I first started on LinkedIn, I actually had my own show and was a co-host of another show before I ever had LinkedIn Live. I've done everything completely backwards according to how people would say you should do it probably. So yeah, exactly. Shrug my shoulders and say, I, you know, you're going to tell me there's a way to do it. Doesn't mean that I can't do it a different way. I had my own show, Connected Human Conversations, which I'm working on bringing back. Um, and I was part of another show, show called The Island of the Misfit Toys. <laughs> and so that's that was my first, you know, real on-camera experience being on other people's shows. But I never for one second take for granted how comfortable I am because I work with people. You know, I'm I'm helping people find their voice and how to use it and get comfortable showing up and being seen. Correct. Exactly. And I don't know why, but when you said um, my 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 train of thought just derailed for some odd reason. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, sorry for being human. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it just it's like I had it and then it kind of just whoop went away i know that well you don't you're not experiencing over 50 that's that's me yeah i'm, I'm only 28 that's okay i turned 50 the beginning of the month and the other hashtag movement i started was own your age hashtag own your age because you know i was turning 50 and people were trying to be nice i guess and say well oh no no you're 21 you're 22 whatever it was well i will and say your skin is flawless thank you 
thank you. Sunblock every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, well, I need that since I live in Florida. So yes, very important. Even during the pandemic, when you're sitting like sitting in front of your screen, sunblock. Really? Um, Is it because of the UV yes. rays that comes from your yes. computers? Yes, from the screen. And so one of my best friends is a dermatologist. So I learned from her what I should be doing and places where I never considered there being, you know, I, I never thought about my screen, but it was funny during the pandemic. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm getting more spots around my, and I said something to her and she's like, are you wearing sunblock every day? I'm like, no, I was so happy not to have to wear extra on my face because I wasn't leaving. And she's like, mm -mm, you got to use the sunblock. So there you go. Health tip from me. Well, thank you for but that. You're welcome. Providing value other than getting people to share the message. You, could, you also now give fun facts that actually contribute to everyday facts? life. Yeah, and now, exactly. And now I remember. So, you know, how you were uh, highlighting people on your shows. That's kind of one of the reasons why I do this show is because I highlight cool people like you, because as LinkedIn has shown, you've impacted them. So I'm honored that you're getting the opportunity to impact my guests because, you know, reaching out to someone like you is exactly how you approached Brian thinking, man, this person's stacked with lore laurels and laurels. I guess this is like a more modern take on it, but the phrase is shoot your shot. You know, what's the worst that can happen? It's like you missed the target. All right. You're going to quote unquote fail every time you don't try. You know the outcome, right? If I don't do it, I know the answer is no. I know the outcome. So if I try, sure, maybe the answer is no, but at least there's the opportunity for a different answer for Cor something else. To Correct. You kind of unlock that door that um, provides other opportunities to kind of deluge in. And speaking of opportunities that deluge in, so you got in with uh, Brett Schulman for uh, Voice Your Vibe. And then um, it seems like you're also pursuing other escapades. For example, we, you were mentioning before how you're an author. Yes. I love escapades. That sounds so fun. It sounds, sounds, I love that. I'm going to add, call them my escapades from now on. So Excellent. yes, I, um, I started my own company, The Chick with the Tool Belt, which is doing exactly sort of what we've been talking about, help people show up and be themselves, get comfortable with their voice. And for, I'm a LinkedIn gal. You can understand why and helping them optimize the, the LinkedIn experience and, and really how to grow community. Uh, I officially become an author March 24th. I am part of a four book collaborative series with 33 authors, and it's based on Dale Carnegie's How to Make Friends and Influence People. And it's sort of that great modern book, by the day, way. Yes. Modern day take on his concepts that are that are timeless honestly what else is coming up i am a keynote speaker i actually will be giving a keynote address along with brian shulman for podfest global for their pre-week so so excited to be back with that community that's an amazing community it is uh, oh i actually forgot to mention the whole reason why i met miss uh, barrows right here is because of podfest which is held in orlando every year kind of towards the beginning and nancy here was one of the influencers that i had the honor of speaking with and so so that is why she is on the show right now. Yeah, so I, I love that. I loved having the opportunity to meet so many people, but I've done a bunch of conferences and typically you show up and you hope to meet someone that brings you into their group, maybe, right? But there's always groups that the clicks. To form. And I'm, yes, little, yes, exactly. There are clicks that form. And I give so much credit to Chris and the entire PodFest team and the entire pod fam because I was blown away by the openness of this community. There were times where I would be walking, you know, in the hotel and people would stop me either because they had met me, you know, remembered and wanted to say hello, or even more surprisingly, they hadn't yet met me and they wanted to. People are really looking to 
just meet good people, make good connections. And that was my first podcast. Really? I was made to feel like, yes, it was my Mm. first one. And I was made to feel like, you know, I was coming home. That's excellent. And, you know, you kind of were, you know, you're three hours north of your parents. So I guess if you want to take the trip down, you could have. But that's something that I noticed about the podcasting community, too. It's because everybody kind of jokes around, oh, everybody has a podcast nowadays. But at the same time, if you look at the statistics, it shows that if your podcast has over 10 episodes, you're in the top like 3.5 or 4.5% of all podcasts that exist out there. So it's just the fact that people, they're not intimidated by the competition and still pursue with their art anyway way I got to give them credit for that that's exactly it and everybody was so willing to stop and help everyone else right it's like yeah I felt no no one's guarding with no animosity right no animosity no stepping on someone else to get higher and you know that more than 10 episodes that's incredible it's hard to stick with things 10 sounds easy it's not easy it's not easy to do these things and what I will say because of course I've got to send in a you know LinkedIn fact is that on LinkedIn, like there's a very small percentage of people who have profiles that are active. Then among them, very few are using video and very few of them are podcasters. I was surprised the number of podcasters that I spoke with who are not using LinkedIn at all. Really? Yes. Yes. Historically, they don't feel like they're well well represented, that they has the features that they would need. And I'm an advocate for video and live. Absolutely. Especially since um, I've done content creation for the past eight years, and I know that video is kind of the king right now. And so I'm not going to lie. I was kind of intimidating about talking about my podcasting journey on LinkedIn only because my name kind of is NSFW, if you will, but it's only because I use my name. But then again, I still display what I know just to show people that I have aptitude in this skill. You know, sure, the name might be a little lewd, but at the same time, I'm trying to show you that I am capable of this skill. So at least that's why that's my mentality of posting my stuff on there. Well, it creates a 3D image of you as a human, right? And if anyone takes the time to listen to the show, they'll realize that the title is not indicative of the content. And so that to me, it's like, if, if people can't handle it, they can't handle it. It's not going to be a good fit. If, if I can't say to someone like, listen, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. My cat just puked on the rug as I was walking out of the house. You know, there's people there would say, sorry, like, I only hold the spot for 15 minutes. If you don't show up in the first 15 minutes, right, I'm hanging out. And then there's people that go, oh, my gosh, so get it. Yeah, I mean, cats are like little children. They just whine less, if I'm correct. For the most part. I have some pretty persistent little kitties. But, you know, listen, (laughs) I'll take it. But that's the thing is we're human. And what you do is adding so much value. And if a potential employer can't see that, then... My concern for people is if you can't see the value that I'm adding and doing what I'm doing, will you be appreciated for the value you bring if you're hired by that person? Hmm, never really thought about it that way because I've always thought of like LinkedIn being a, a polar opposite place where you must be like a robot kind of where you have to pretend like everything is being monitored that you put out, which actually is funny because recently I've been seeing posts, you know, from people who have pretty active pages cursing and I'm thinking, is this allowed? Since when? Technically, no, but it happens. And, you know, of course, you're going to stay within your parameters. You're going to keep what feels comfortable to you. It's your sort of 
things to live by or you're going to show there. But I think people do look at it as a business buttoned up business platform. And that's why they don't like it. That's why they don't enjoy it. And when you can come in and find this human portion, like these, these human communities, and you can really understand the power of personal content, it's a completely different experience. And so instead of being worried about what we're putting up, shifting to the importance of being yourself and showing people who you are and that you inherently have value. Your story is important. Your story is impactful. You're important and impactful, right? If we can get that shift going, what an amazing platform LinkedIn would be, but what an amazing place the world would be. You start radiating real and there's no more imposter syndrome. You guys know who I am. You've seen me, you know, the next morning when I didn't take my makeup off, I've posted, you know, pictures and videos of me crying because something happened and I'm devastated. I've shared... There's a great picture of me out there where I was going through a depressive episode and I was like, all right, I need to do laundry. I fought myself for several days and you need to put on clean clothes. So over my pajamas, I put on a dress. So I have a a dress on with like striped pajamas or something coming out the bottom and I'm holding the bag of laundry and I look, my face looks totally blank because I'm not fully present. And it was just like, hey, here's my win for today. My win is I put on a clean dress. My win is I did some laundry because that's life. If the people who we're connecting with don't appreciate human and living life, what are they bringing to the table? Because they've got to match your excellence. You're bringing your excellence to the table. You're bringing your value to the table. So hold the bar that other people should be doing the same. It's one of the reasons uh, Peekaboo Live was founded. You know, it's a data analytics, analytics, I should probably back up. I co-founded Peekaboo with Daniel Hall. It's a data analytics software that you can use for your live shows and your posts. But it was born from his daughter taking the time to repair after a blow up and my wanting to see the people behind the numbers and him being very humanistic as well, because the data that peekaboo get, first of all, the data that you get on LinkedIn, thank you, LinkedIn, you give us data. But if you, someone scrolls past your post, it's considered, you know, viewed. So you can chase the vanity metrics. And that's another thing I tell people all the time, ignore the numbers, go through my posts. You can see, I have ones that get a ton of engagement. I have ones that don't, but they're reaching the people who need to hear it when they need to hear it. And you're consistently putting out content, which is one of the most important things out there. I do my chick tips. I'm giving away information for free every day. You you know, here, enjoy it. If it helps you, pass it on. But we need to get away from those vanity metrics, right? The numbers that are on the surface that don't really tell us anything. So Peekaboo creates an ICU report, and it's going to look at all sorts of different data. It looks at who commented, what they said, what hashtags, who was talking about each other, who was tagged. And one of my favorite metrics from it is you can see there's two. You can see the amount of time that your community spent engaging, what the time that they chose hmm. to put into right being with you. They chose to be with you, and this is the time. The other one I love is it will show you if over time that how long it's been since the person was last there at your show commenting. They might have been watching. And for me, that's huge because I know with depression, I can slip away and I can disappear and I can just sort of retreat. And so being able to see that, that there's a human behind this and maybe I should be reaching out, you know, because I realize they're not here and something may, 
communication has changed, whatever. That allows me to do that. It also allows me to thank people for the time they're taking to be there. It allows me a million options of making people feel seen, heard, loved, and valued. And so it's another shift. If we can get to heart-centered metrics, reality metrics, and we aren't all chasing the number and the algorithm and we're creating content that we feel has valued or about something that inspired us because it may inspire someone else or have value to someone else. Imagine the way so many things would change. Yeah, I can definitely think of a few off the top of my brain. Valuing authenticity and, you know, the human element of things is kind of slipping away. And I'm just glad that you're doing that, especially with your platform. And um, see, that's the thing. I can't really think of like powerful enough words to describe the kind of impact that you're making right now that you have been making, if you, if that makes sense, because um, sure, it seems like only a, like a few years ago that you started on your LinkedIn journey. But clearly by, you know, you speaking at keynotes, you uh, being an author, you being called the queen of engagement, that you've somehow utilized LinkedIn to what it was actually made to do. And so therefore, with more people like you promoting the message of humanity, it'll create not just a better professional workplace, but it'll create a better place in general. Yeah, the idea is that, again, we're all out there living life and being human, so we know how crappy it could be sometimes. But if you look through most people's social media, it's not represented at all. Nope. And again, that was very powerful of you on speaking on depressive episodes because mental health is also something that is coming to the forefront, at least recently, in terms of talks in in this country. And I think that was very important of you that you shared that. It's Um, important to me to share it all. It always has been. And that's what Connected Human Conversations was about is taboo won't do. We're going to talk about things. Awesome. Yeah, because not gonna lie, I've experienced some depressive episodes where if I just got out of my bed once during that day, that was my accomplishment. So uh, thanks for making me feel validated on that part. Because uh, well, don't get me wrong, I can be pretty lazy. But at the same time, it's like other times I don't want to be, but it just so happens to be the case. And uh, I don't think that makes me any less of a human being, if that makes sense. I think right now, it probably made you even more human to everyone listening. Right? It's relatable. Well, that it is relatable, but then also you have a certain charisma that I just felt very comfortable, you know, saying that with no issue whatsoever. Thank you. And that was one of those things that I said, being me as a skill. I didn't realize that people say that a lot to me. It's just so easy to talk to you. It's just, you know, whatever that kind of thing is. And I didn't realize that that was a skill, that that was something that I could do or I did without thinking that was something other people don't do. I joke all the time that I'm a witch um, (laughs) because I really have this like intuitive sense of people to the point where the people that I'm closest with, I literally, I have my friend Candace, who's the dermatologist and it started years ago, but I know if I dream of her two nights in a row, I need to call her because there's some turmoil going on in her life. And consistently I call and she's like, you're a witch. How did you know? Like, I, it just is that ability to, I don't know. It's a gift. It's a gift to be do you, able to... Do you get dreams of your friends often or people that you think are in distress? I wouldn't say often, but there are certain people who come into my dreams who either I haven't seen for a while and I think, oh, maybe I should reach out. Like, that's weird that my brain is on them. But a lot of times it's me trying to figure out really what the dream is telling me. There are other ways I connect with people. There's times that I think about, like, someone's thinking about me. And I'll call and they're like, oh, I was just thinking about you. I'm like, oh, I guess I knew. Somehow I knew, you know, like it's not, it happens too much to be coincidence. There's some connection that I have the, the privilege of creating 
with people that I can sense those things. Um, and for those of you who are not into this at all, I totally get it. I am about energy and spirit, spiritual, and you know, we're all doing this together. So when people say to me, like, you're so easy to talk to, I don't know, there's just something about you. I'm always very humble because someone's entrusting me with their story. And it may be that they've never entrusted anyone else with it, or they're just starting to talk about it, or just, hey, I talk about it, but I, I'm going to entrust this piece of me right? I'm handing you this piece of me because I know that you will respect it, that you will, you know, take care of it, that mm -hmm. you will receive it well. And I wish I had better words than saying it's a privilege and a gift, but it, it is when people will hand you that place of them, get vulnerable with you. It's a place of trust and trust uh, needs a lot in order to be had, or at least that's what I think. Uh, yeah, like I was able to tell you that no problem because you said it as if you were saying, you know, I brushed my teeth today. You said it very mundanely. There we go. Well, it is sort of part of my everyday life. So I talk about it like it's part of my everyday life. And again, if my being able to speak about those things makes it easier for someone else to speak about those things that have been something they're ashamed of or they carry with them and feel heavy or just get to exhale because they said it out loud. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of power in saying it out loud and just being able to go, right? right? Like just oh, yeah. I mean, not saying that all uh, times it's this, but uh, for example, guilt is a very powerful emotion. And I just feel like sometimes people just come clean with whatever is bottling up inside of them, you know, because it just keeps festering up and it's gotten to that point where it just can't be contained. Right. And I find from a lot of people, they didn't even realize how heavy it was to be carrying it around. It's um sometimes the biggest burden that you can carry. Yeah, especially when we're afraid to be seen because we're not sure we're going to be loved for who we are. We all deserve unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. And it breaks my heart that people question that. Yeah, some people just don't understand, unfortunately. And that's just the way the world is. Like, I remember I was watching you on... I forgot which podcast it was. It was the bald, like, Frenchish guy. But the way that you were telling your story... Okay, this is kind of a weird point that I'm bringing on, but the way that you're describing your life and the fact that you're so confident in your own skin, it kind of reminds me of this one thing called the the Truman Effect. Have you ever heard of it? No, I, well, yes, but I don't... Like, right now, I can't recall if I know what it means. <laughs> so, so the Truman Effect is basically people who kind of visualize like their life is being watched as if it were a, mo a movie oh that's right that's a, okay that's what came to mind was the movie go ahead yeah exactly well you know it's a movie about the actual thing with jim carrey a popular phrase is uh main character energy and so i feel like it's kind of like that you were kind of giving off that main character energy it was kind of just permeating through the screen thank you it's very humbling to hear that it's always such like thank you for the gift of reflecting back to me how i was received that's amazing. Considered feedback, um, but I got you. <laughs> um, wow. Thank you. Thank you. It took me a long time to be comfortable in my own skin and confident. And for years, I was trying to outrun my story. And it, it took me getting to a point where I was grateful for all of it because it had made me who I was. And I wanted to invite it to walk with me instead of outrunning it. But that took me... And this happened during the pandemic and I had spent so much time with myself and my story and my stuff where I finally met the real Nancy Deborah Barrows and I liked her. Was that the first time that you ever said that? Yes. With every fiber of my being and the commitment to like, I'm going to be 100% real. There were things about myself I liked and but there were things about myself that I, you know, like most of us, we, we find those places to focus in and let the negative voices in our heads run the show. But it was 
I had gotten comfortable with it. My story hadn't, I hadn't been out running it, but I had like, even my divorce was a place where it came up again. It was almost the repeated where the emotional dynamic of my abuse relationship was recreated where my needs didn't matter, living on breadcrumbs, make sure you're happy. And I, I mean, after all the work I did, I was so angry at myself when I realized that that had happened, but moving through all of it and really getting to say, and I, cause I was on LinkedIn, I was doing something. My story was having more meaning. It was just, you know, all of that good stuff. And I got to meet myself in a different way. I got to spend really good quality time with myself. And I realized, yeah, I like her. I like me for all my scars, all my flaws. I like me. And so that has allowed me to com like 100% committed to being 100% real, 100% of the time. That was new for me. I'm so happy for you that you finally found some like inner peace, if you will, because some people, they go their entire lives without finding that out. And even though that I'm 28, I haven't found that out. But then again, I'm still young. And I just want to say, we like you here at Big DK Energy. I thank you. I appreciate that. It's such an honor to be here. Of course. And it's such an honor to have you. And uh, listen, we think you're an awesome person. But the thing is that we've spoken so much about, you know, just what you have done. Just you, Nancy, we haven't really figured out much about you as an individual person. So I think it's a great time to go into my favorite part of any Big DK Energy episode, which is the bonus question round. 10 questions that I wrote down, but are still appropriate enough that you'll still have a huge following and not lose any of them due to anything NSFW. So, Barrows. I mean, feel, free, feel free to try and knock away my following. If that's what real gets me, that's fine. But hey, I have one condition on this. Yes. I get to ask you three questions at the end. That's fair. Okay. Excellent. Let's go. All right. Bring it on. Excellent. So, question number one. You're creating a festival for any charity of your choosing. Who are six of the musical performers and what charity is it for? Okay, so... I want Pink, I want Elton John, Billy Joel, Queen, the original cast from The Greatest Showman, and the original cast from Hamilton. That's a pretty stacked lineup. It's a pretty stacked lineup, and it needs to be, because I am going to avoid answering the question of what charity by saying, I want to split the proceeds to several. We've got... ASPCA. I've got the National Eating Disorders Organization. We've got RAIN, which is about sexual, you know, sexual violence in general. Some has to go to the LGBTQ community, and I, I'd love for it to go to. It's one of my things. I would say I'd be a great lottery winner because I want to be generous, but I want to create homes for uh, kids who are disowned when they come out. And the other group of kids that would be there are kids who age out of the foster system are tossed because they're no longer a check. So they, they, that populate, these people have somewhere to go where they are loved, seen, heard, loved, valued, and supported. Nancy, you're a mensch. And by the way, I've actually seen two of your musical acts live. They're fantastic. I saw Billy Joel and Elton John. Question number two. What is your dream collaboration? Who is it with and who sponsors it? Oh, who sponsors it? Okay, my dream collaboration. Here, want... I'll give you one, a live person and one person you can bring from the past. Fair? Fair. Okay, so I think it would be for Life is Good. It's a yoga yoga active wear company um, because they have an amazing message and they walk the walk and talk the talk. And, and stretch the stretch. I'm just kidding. And stretch the stretch. Yes, exactly. That's very good. I like that. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to go with Oprah Winfrey. Oh, gosh, really? Only two? These make you think. I, they do, and I'm between Anne Frank and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You can make, you can and put Martin them. Martin Luther King, like he he. Are those your communities? Are, are those your three final answers? 
Yes, this is, I'll stop there. Yep. <laughs> yes, that's yep. my final answer. Those three will count. I sometimes think about, you know, as a member of the tribe as well, I always think about what would have Anne Frank been like if she lived. Right. She was so young and her outlook and her wisdom. And I think of it like as a, as a model when the whole world is against you, when you are literally hated, when you have to hide. But her story came out and it was powerful and impactful. It's a shame, but that only Otto survived. And the worst part is, too, he fought for Germany in the First World War and they still screwed him over just because of his religion. It's yeah vile. This, there, there's a whole nother conversation about, you know, hate and how that is bred and spread. Yeah. Question number three. What is the perfect scenario that you feel the most zen? It does have to be like a conglomerate, but I'm going to bring it all to a beach because I love the sound of the waves and the feel of the sun on my skin. Um, and even the sand, it's all very grounding. You do love the sun, though, because you put on sunscreen. But, oh, I'm, it's so funny. I'm the woman who's like putting it on every 30 minutes. I have the big hat, the whole thing. But <laughs> I love the feel of it, you know, that, that warmth and the power of the ocean and the sound of the ocean. I somehow have to get my cats to want to be there and my bed. I have a book. I definitely have a drink in my hand. And I have moments in time where I spend a little bit of time with people but then the adequate alone time to really be still. And for me, it'd be like a very insightful day. It would be one of those things where like my, my mind is so at peace, so calm that all the stuff that doesn't get through the noise gets to come through. And like, you can't get it down on paper quickly enough because all of this amazingness is bursting from you. It's kind of, it's kind of like the waves, um, you know, it hits you at mm -hmm. once and then kind of dissipates all back. Exactly. Exactly. The power that comes in and then can be released. Question number four, you're at dinner with three role models of yours that are not friends or family. Who are they and what are you getting to eat? Oh, the very non-kosher answer is probably um like Bar lobster and steak oh i was gonna say barbecue <laughs> but yeah that definitely is that is definitely the other option lobster and steak and they, i can't be related to them okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna go go with this i'm gonna name janine shelby jessica oifer and suzanne kilduff and they are three therapists that i've worked with over the years that have come along when i was really needing a breakthrough and help me see things in a way that allowed me to heal and move forward. And if I had to pick another three, it would be Raquel Boris, Courtney Franklin, and Candace Spann, because they were the first three women that I told my story to was 100% real with and nothing changed. And that's how you know those are the people that you want in your life, that you can literally be unapologetically yourself and it doesn't make a make doesn't make a dent in your relationship whatsoever. It's just like, great, now I just more know more about you. Do you still want to come over for a wine night? Right, exactly. I mean, I've been told by them like, Oh sure, my, my heart hurt for you, but you were still Nancy. Yeah. Didn't change anything. Correct. Mm -hmm. So question number five. What's a book, movie, or T V universe you'd love to live in and what is your role? Gosh, the first things that come to mind are the secret lives of bees and the help. Those were books that I got totally sucked into because of the community that occurs in both of them, how they show up for one another and they're open and taking like open to taking people and loving, supporting and protecting. And I don't know what my role would be. I think just being a part of that community, being a part of that, that love. And there were just so many things about those books that especially the secret lives of bees and for people who haven't read it, it's about a young white girl who it's been a while, I believe runs away from home, but she ends up on 
this property and it's a bunch of sisters, black sisters, and they own it and they, they keep bees and make honey. And the relationship that develops between all of them is just so beautiful. And that, so I'd, that's where I'd want to be. It's a friendship that can transcend even uh, the worst of times. It was a period piece, if I'm correct. Yeah, it was, it was set during a time where there, you know, like the sharecropping era, it was segregation was normal. Okay. Um, You know, animosity and thinking that black people were less was very normal and common and accepted. Well, thank God that's not the place that we live in right now. Thank God we're moving further and further toward seeing people's hearts, not the color of their skin or their religion. We'll get there one day. But uh, sometimes being a leader means you don't get to see what you have put in motion. So I mean, we're leading by example. I mean, Moses never got to see Israel. I don't know. That's the only idea. That That's the only thought that comes to my brain with that, with that <laughs> prompt. Number six, name one instant you felt your most powerful. Oh, goodness. I will say the keynote that I gave at the showing up perspectives on cancer event. And I'm not a cancer survivor. I was invited to do the keynote because I inspired the organizer, Tim Soam, to share his cancer story, um, which led to him sharing it more and starting a show. And he just has a book for pre-sale that's gone number one in a couple of categories. See, you're good at being you. (laughs) You know, and that's the thing, like giving each of yourself credit for being good at being you, even all the flaws, because you need that. And we need to know that we're human and we need to know that there's places where we're going to struggle where someone else is going to have it more easily but if we come together then and you know and help one another it really becomes something that we can all do but um okay what was my answer what was oh so that was powerful because um i spoke to a group of cancer survivors allies supporters And afterwards, someone came up to me and they said a lot of really positive, nice, heartwarming, generous things. But one thing that he said that really helped me understand the power of personal content being me and what I've been doing is he said, I could feel you. He's like, I could feel you. And I went on the journey with you. I had the highs and the lows and it's a room full of people, but you were talking to me. That's huge. That's incredible. Question number seven, dream vacation and itinerary. Ooh, okay, Italy. And the itinerary, it's Italy like on the countryside somewhere. Like, like Tuscany? Uh, yeah, and like, like a, one of those houses you see in the movies where like the grass is a little, like wispy and a little bit overgrown. And you know, the, I want lights outside with a big table where the people gather to eat the meal. Um, and the itinerary is just to be there and be part of, that small community to be engrossed in, you know, the culture and their traditions and learn how to make the food, even though when I came home, I probably would never do it because I don't even know where the kitchen is. Um, (laughs) But but to really like day to day, just spend day to day with them for an extended period of time and be a part of that. And it's again, I guess I'm really am like about the, the people and the experience, but I want to get to the point where I've been there long enough where I can invite the village over to my really big table in the backyard. And we have this an amazing Italian feast and wine. And it's just, you know, everybody's there. Everybody's comfortable. Everybody's enjoying. It's as if they were at their own villa or whatever they call exactly. it. Yes. So that's what my, that's what I would do. Excellent. I would eat so much spaghetti. I'd throw up. That's a, that's one thing I would do, but you know, um, it's a uh, different version of what I'm thinking. But. Exactly, still the same results. Question number eight: You've been given the opportunity for a speaking tour. 
but you get to choose any five cities that you speak in. Where do you go? Okay, that's really hard because I definitely would want to hit some places in Europe and Asia and Africa. Oh, man, really? I thought we were friends. Okay, definitely New York. I'm going to wiggle out of this question a little bit. I'm going to say six cities where people really need to hear the message and are looking for a change and a purpose that they can all get behind. So what are what is one of those cities then? I mean, New York would definitely be one of them for me. I'm from New York. So okay. that was the first one that came to mind is I've got to go back home. And um, Which borough are you from? Yeah, thanks. I grew up in Rockland County, which is a half hour northwest of Manhattan. Okay. Most people don't know Westchester County. We're on the other side of the Hudson. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't, but my parents, you know, my dad's from Staten Island and my stepmom's from Long Island. So, uh, yeah. and two of my siblings actually live in Manhattan right now. So they would definitely know where you're talking about. Yeah, where I am. So that was actually really nice. It was a half hour northwest of the city. A quarter of a mile down the road, we had a working farm, and I used to muck stalls in exchange to ride horses, but 30 minutes I could be in Manhattan and we could go see a play. You know, it was just really perfectly positioned. I've been gifted a lot of really good things in my life, but New York would have to be one of them. Well, that's awesome. Question number nine, what's a far-fetched goal on your bucket list? A far-fetched goal on my bucket list. All right, that would be to eliminate sexual abuse, sexual assault, any sexual crimes. That's a very noble cause. I will say that. My more attainable one is a TED Talk and co-write a book or collaborate with uh, Brene Brown. Okay. Or I was about to say, like, um, the book, it's like, it's already kind of being done. But then, you know, you said with that specific author. I'm like, okay, that's fine. We'll allow it. <laughs> you know, for some odd reason, I could totally see you at a TED Talk. You know, I'm surprised you haven't done like a TEDx talk already or something like that. I haven't. It's on It's on the bucket list and it will happen. <laughs> and uh, Nancy, I'm having such a I'm having such a fun time speaking with you that we're actually already at the last question, or at least the last yeah. question that I'm going to ask you because after I made the promise that you could ask me. So question number 10, um, it's, this, it's the same question, but the answers always vary. And it is, what is your best, most recent accomplishment? It could be professionally, personally, or both. I'm going to say it's the person that I don't know that I impacted. That's my latest, greatest accomplishment because you do things never expecting, right? You know. I trust that I'm impacting people and I've had the privilege of having people come back to me to say something, but it's the people who I won't ever know about that to me, that's my latest accomplishment, best accomplishment, touching lives that I don't even know that I'm making a difference in. Putting in no effort and still getting the result that you want. That's kind of the life goal and right now you're living it, Nancy. So yeah. kudos to you. Thank you. I am so blessed. So grateful. And we're blessed right, to have you. Are you ready? Should I'm ready. Okay. So my first question is, who would be your dream guest and why? My dream guest? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. It's funny enough, I actually made an entire vision board of people that I want on the show. But I will say one person that I do specifically want on the show. Here, I'll give you a serious answer and I'll give you my joking but still would love to have him on the show answer. So my joking would love to have on the show answer would be Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. I feel like it'd be legendary to have him on a show. And for a serious episode, I will say uh, one I would definitely love to have is this uh, comedian named Dan Lamort. I find him really funny. And also the fact that I was diagnosed with Asperger's now autism spectrum disorder and the fact that he's so open and vocal about it. I just want to talk to him, exchange a joke or two, you know, make each other laugh, but then also talk about how our diagnoses has affected our lives growing up. This was not a question. This doesn't count as one of mine, but I want to know what you have embraced as your superpower 
as someone on the spectrum? I would say my attention to detail, I'm not at a savant level per se, but I can pick up on some stuff that, you know, some people might have just nonchalantly washed over their face. I love that. I, the world to me in some sort of beautiful way makes perfect sense if you look through the autism spectrum eyes. Okay, so I want to know from you, what piece of wisdom, something someone said, one of your guests, that hit you so profoundly, what was it and how have you applied it? Manny, the the other guy that I had on the show that also was about speaking your message, I brought him on for um, you know LinkedIn tips. A few of the tips that he gave during the show um, have also boosted my LinkedIn game. So Manny, I just want to say thank you for that. Awesome, Manny. And if you want more help with that, Danny, I'm here at your disposal. Um, well, you're not at my disposal because I find you valuable. <laughs> I always have time. <laughs> There's always time for things that are important. Um, okay, so someone's writing an article highlighting you. What are four things you would want them to include? I would definitely want them to mention for the fact that I'm on the autism spectrum. I'd want them to mention that I have been a videographer and photographer for eight plus years. I am a lover of hockey and history. And four that I'm chill, but still malleable enough to work with whatever crowd comes my way. Awesome. So who's going to write that article and who's going to get the, hey, by the way, audience, by the way, community, by the way, anyone listening, you heard who his dream guests are, and now you know an article that needs to be written. <laughs> wow, I didn't see what you did there, but um, <laughs> uh, I will say that that was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for interviewing me. That felt pretty cool being on the other end of, uh, of this. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I love finding out about people. And it's one of the things I actually like to do is flip the script a little bit on my host because as hosts, we're so used to being on one side of it. And, you know, we balance what we are going to say, you know, we give the guests the the airtime. And so it's always fun to ask a host a couple of questions and, and have them share a little bit more about themselves. Yeah, because I'm so used to, you know, preloading questions. But then, you know, when something comes my way, it's like a jam. But anyway, Nancy, we are at the end of the show. I just want to say I know that you are a very busy uh, person, but I still want to appreciate you um, taking time out of your day to bless my audience with your knowledge. And just thanks for being you. I so appreciate that. And I want to give your audience an uh, open invite to either Shout Out Saturday or What's Good Wednesday on LinkedIn. It's on Brian Shulman's channel. So you can find it there. It's 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Saturdays and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesdays. Come check it out. Come have fun with us. Come meet this amazing community that you will immediately be a part of and you will be celebrated by. And um, the other thing is, if you're listening to this and you are on LinkedIn, please send me a connect request. I would love to connect. I am always looking for amazing humans to, you know, make my world a better place and who I can help as well. So go ahead and send me a connect request and just put a little note in there that this is how you met me. Amazing. Wow. So Nancy, for joining the show today and, you know, sharing the vulnerable parts of your story, not in an attempt, but as your way of getting people to share their story in a way that's loved and accepted and that there is no judgment, that's one of the many reasons that I think you, Nancy Deborah Barrows, have big DK energy. Yes. 
you got it. You've been a you, there's a stamp of approval. So there you go. Say, I feel like I, get a, I should get a crown. Thank you so much. I'll give you a hat if that's any consolation. Oh, it's a crown, right? Yeah, exactly. It's something you wear on your head. So it can uh, be dazzle or something. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Listen, once it's your hat, it's it's your free reign to do whatever you want with it. So we'll have all of Nancy's uh, social media links in the description box below, especially her LinkedIn, her Instagram. We'll have the link as well to um, voice your vibe, just so that it's much easier for you to access. And I know you are. Already uh, said those two points of information, but is there anything else you want to say or promote before we head out? I want to remind people that their story, they are important and impactful and powerful, and that each of us has a voice, and each of us has a voice that's meant to be heard, and that you are seen, heard, loved, and valued. That's a beautiful message, and um, you know that's one that hopefully people can carry on for the rest of their lives. You're right. This work, this world, could use a little bit more love. So with that being said and done, and if you and if you don't have anything else to say, I'm Danny K of the Big DK Energy Podcast, and we are signing off. Bye. Thank you, everybody.